0: Hey y'all, this is a Spooky Susie, (laughs) Spooky Susie, (laughs) no, a Spooky Season (laughs) reboot of Art and Murder and Wine Part 2, originally released on October 30th, 2018. Heads up, listener discretion is advised, we do talk about some violent and potentially disturbing, definitely disturbing topics. Um, So this episode is not appropriate for children and may be upsetting for some. So do keep that in mind at your own discretion. Otherwise, enjoy the episode.
1: Welcome to the podcast. I'm Corey. I'm Jen. I'm Natalie. I'm Ginny. And we
0: are the Art History Babes.
1: Part two. Part we're two. Back. Art and murder. We're, we're even deeper into a, a well of wine. And oh, <laughs> man. Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> and we're talking about some just crazy stories of where art and murder have collided throughout yeah, history. Because really. it's happened, it's happened. Um, yes, we each chose a story to cover, and so that's what we're doing. If you haven't listened yet, you should check out part one. Some good stuff happened. Yeah, I mean, some terrible stuff actually. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> terrible yeah. stuff. But but good. Some for loss us. of life. Yeah some really like ugly stuff but like very dramatic but also art yeah interesting content and it um, happened we didn't make it up it's what it's what happened it's just what happened yeah we don't just, we're just telling truth we don't support it we're no. just yeah so this is part two of our 2018 Halloween. Kind
2: of. <laughs> I like your ghost Ooh. sound. I know. It's been coming out a lot lately. It is.
1: Ooh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, part two of our 2018 Halloween extravaganza. We're actually hanging out all weekend. We're going to hit a pumpkin patch. I am so excited. We're going to hit a haunted <laughs> trail tour. I am so
0: excited. We're gonna. You guys, if I see a ghost tomorrow... I- I'll literally have shit. achieved
2: a goal that I've had since I was six years old. I want to see everyone's really banking on a ghost.
1: It's going to be great. We're I, also going to see something spooky. Oh, it's going to be spooky. Um, if we get high, we definitely will. Cause I always see shit in the woods. We're also going to make some like YouTube videos and stuff of us doing Halloween activities. Oh, so you should probably check God. out our YouTube. But, This is part two of our Halloween special, Art and Murder. We got a couple more stories for you. Let's just go for it. Jen, what do you got?
3: Oh, okay. Well, I thought that it would be really appropriate to talk about art that is actually made by murderers. And um, so there's many... Examples of this, there are some high profile serial killers that have become somewhat like legends in our American cultural lexicon. So people know of like Jeffrey Dahmer, uh, Charles Manson, Ed Gein, like all of these killers who Ted Bundy, like these people who have made a name for themselves by being horrific killers who who murdered and um, and murdered in a systematic way and murdered... In an intentional in way. In an intentional, systematic and in many cases almost like creative almost um, something about these killings of these high profile serial killers like we talk about them for many many years after because it's so scandalizing oh yeah so as as a culture i think that we are even though we know it's horrific and just bad (laughs) like we're still like oh Oh,
2: when we hear about this it's like it yeah it's not like trying to elevate it it's just like so jarring i feel like you have to talk about it because like we all experienced very recently like the golden state killer yes drama that ensued and that (laughs) was weird because it was so close to home like just speaking personally like he lived in Citrus uh, Heights, Citrus Heights, which is like the right. city adjacent to where I lived, and we're in his Sacramento ex-wife, currently. yeah, his ex-wife lived in my neighborhood, the neighborhood I grew up mm-hmm. in. She literally lived three houses, still lives three houses down from my boyfriend's mom's home. So, Oof. like, yeah, the house that he what grew a up life in. She
0: leads. Oh now. my gosh! Oh my how God. horrific! Oh, oh, my oh God. the news
2: were like hounding her so right unsure. after. Oh God poor uh Mm. you know so so that's not hard enough
0: yeah right yeah we're naturally as humans attracted to the macabre
1: oh definitely Um, i've been since i was little since i was like an age far too young to even fully grasp what was happening i've really enjoyed things like learning about serial killers or learning about cults are learning yeah. about these like darker things because i think there's yeah there's just something intriguing about it doesn't mean you you encourage it or approve no. of it in any way there's just something it's just a complicated fascinating part of h- it's human like a, it's like a
2: fear-fueled
1: fascination yeah, definitely check definitely. out well, that
2: alliteration hot damn uh-huh.
3: fear fueled fascination and on note, that note that's hashtag a, that Jen, shit that's, that's a, a really, great hashtag yeah it's a great hashtag and it's a great way to describe what it is that goes on in our minds when we hear stories about murderers for us in the 21st century taking another human life is a humongous taboo Maybe this wasn't necessarily as big of a deal when we were like hunter gatherers, when we had to literally fight for our lives and resources with one another, but... It's definitely become more taboo when there are these people that have made a name for themselves because they not only murdered one or two people, they murdered a lot of people. Maybe they organized a cult and brainwashed a bunch of people to make them carry out murders. Like These things are fascinating to us because it shows us the most horrific side of human nature. Yeah, definitely. And so we're all fascinated and horrified by how dark and evil we can all be we all yeah. have the <clears throat> ability to lose it one day and murder somebody like Can't you're not doing yourself somebody. a
2: service to act like you are different you're than not people who do this like it's so
3: yeah and that's why murder freaks us out is because we all have that potential mm-hmm. to do the same thing so on that note I thought that it would be interesting to talk about some artwork made by serial killers and one of the weirdly most prolific serial killer artists that we still talk about today is John Wayne Gacy John Wayne Gacy was an, Amer- an American serial killer and rapist So he's famous because he sexually assaulted, tortured, and murdered at least 33 teenage boys and young men between 1972 and 1978 in Cook County, Illinois. All of Gacy's known murders were committed inside of his Norwood Park Ranch house. Gacy was born in Chicago, Illinois in 1942. He was the second of three children and the only son born to John Stanley Gacy, who was an auto repair machinist and World War 1 veteran, and his wife Marion Robinson, who was a homemaker. So as a child, Gacy was reported to have been overweight and not athletic. Um, he was close to his sisters and mother, but he had a difficult relationship with his father, who was an alcoholic and was physically abusive to his wife and children. That's just a little bit about his childhood. I mean, obviously, There's... many serial killers have really sad, unhappy childhoods. Something maybe that carried over from his childhood was a fascination with clowns. I I just Clowns (laughs) Clowns Rough (laughs) That immediately
0: raises red flags (laughs) Yes
2: (laughs) Raises the hairs on the back of my neck If I were to
0: ever meet someone who's like I like clowns Yeah no one
3: says that
1: No one says they enjoy clowns I've never met someone (gasps) who's like I just really like clowns I appreciate
3: their
0: craft
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they're craft
3: of comedy
1: I mean like I guess I do appreciate clowning in like a more traditional sense than like the comedia dell'arte like format mm. but like just take like, your typical like clown with the makeup and that like no one. It's freaky and I don't
3: know if I ever as a child had any moment of joy with a clown. I just feel (laughs) like anytime I saw a clown I was like get that guy away from me. Bye. He's scary. (laughs) Well that would have been a really good first instinct because Gacy
1: Does his good fight or flight right there. John yeah. Wayne Gacy,
3: when he wasn't murdering, liked to... Was <laughs> 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 he was clowning. He was clowning. He liked to be a oh, clown. Oh, no, that's Ooh.
1: terrible.
3: <laughs> I'm serious. No, he became known as the killer clown because it. of his charitable services at fundraising events, parades, children's parties, at which he would dress as Pogo the Clown. Yeah. Okay, For or like- patches. Pogo oh, or patches. Yeah,
1: hmm. I'm remembering all this is coming back to me because I, I did a high school project on John Wing Gacy yeah. and I like forgot all of it like you do with the shit you learn in high school. <sighs> right. But I did want to just... Mentioned because we haven't mentioned it yet on this episode. We're all very intoxicated right now. And we may be laughing about murderers. And we want oh, to l- make yeah. it very clear that we do not think murder's funny. She's literally laughing as she's saying this. <laughs> I am. We're just intoxicated. And oh, it's God. it's kind of a um. I I don't know. It's just a way to deal with it. Like you laugh yeah. through the horror. Yes. Basically. Sure. Yes. So I just want to put that I out mean, there. I mean, the fact that John Wayne... Gacy. 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 Not just John Wayne. John Wayne was a different dude. John John Wayne Wayne. was a different (laughs)
0: man. (laughs) Who walked with a permanent wedgie limp. (laughs) But we're not talking about that John Wayne. We're talking about the murderer John Wayne.
3: Well, according to some sources, Gacy stated that acting as a clown allowed him to regress into childhood, which I do not understand (laughs) because by all accounts, his childhood was wretched. He had a very unhappy home life with a father who beat him and just made him feel very bad all of the time. So I don't know, maybe just uh, some kind of idealistic idea of what childhood was was like as an adult he managed a few kfc restaurants that his father-in-law had purchased you know he was trying to make his life work out as a middle class just kind of person he had a wife who gave birth to two children in 1966 and then he had another daughter in 1967 so he was really Working to earning his long sought approval of his father. And that sounds just real nice, you know. (laughs) But however. Just
2: doing his best.
3: It just seems that although that, that was the physical like outside appearance of what was going on. There's a seedier side of his life during this time. Which involves wife swapping, prostitution, pornography, drug use. He was Deeply involved in these activities. He cheated on his wife with local prostitutes. He opened a club in his basement where he allowed his employees to drink alcohol and play pool. Cool. He em- <laughs> That's
1: real cool. I mean, it does sound cool.
3: <laughs> he employed teenagers of both sexes at his restaurants. Gender it's equality, but not cool. Not cool. He socialized only with his young male employees um oh and he would give them alcohol before making sexual advances towards them which if they rebuffed he would claim were jokes or just like tests i was just kidding uh. It's believed that in 1967, Gacy committed his first known sexual assault on a teenage boy. 1967 is the first known reportable offense. Anyway, I don't like to give a lot of information or really spend too much time on the salacious details of how he may have lured and killed his victims because fuck him and (laughs) I don't want to (laughs) glorify that or give any of these details like oh and then he did this it's like he was a killer and he was a horrible person eventually he gets arrested for being a murderer and an overall horrible human being a detestable human being And he's sentenced to death row. And so he becomes sentenced and he's on death row for 14 years. Isolated in his prison cell, Gacy began to paint. And so um, his subject matter varied, but many were clowns. (laughs) And many of them were self-portraits of him depicted as the clown Pogo. Pogo. Um, so interesting, though. Stylistically, when you look at Pogo, I'm getting like a pop art. Like, it's very, oh. like, heavy usage of primary colors, uh, strong contour lines, like, real solid block color. Oh, Jesus. And I'm uh, looking
0: at images now, and they are...
3: And it's horrifying. It's, it's
2: oh, horrifying, God. but, like... <laughs>
3: Pogo what? the Clown is so scary. This painting is called Goodbye Pogo, um, and it's Pogo the Clown. He's got his <laughs> hand up, and a sort of like, uh, he's kind of <laughs> waving. There's a little button on the front of his outfit that says, I'm, I'm Pogo, Pogo the, the clown. clown. And in the corner, uh, J.W. Gacy is In case the, y'all forgot. <laughs> yeah, that was the artist. So Pogo the Clown is Ooh, a popular subject- in his work. So here's where things get weird. John Wayne Gacy, he is sentenced to death and is killed by lethal injection in 1944. Upon his 1944 execution, Gacy had his lawyers put about 40 of his paintings up for sale and these actually got a good deal of national attention. This is interesting, right? Because this has not really been seen before, this idea that Uh, serial killers like prison paintings would be put up for auction many of these paintings are actually bought by some people who decided to set many of them on fire in like a, a kind of bonfire in naperville illinois and in attendance were a few families of gacy's victims A few weeks before the event, Gacy had been killed by lethal injection. So that gave these people this kind of form of closure. Okay. So they bought the work, which is a little bit much, like they shouldn't have been paying for it, but whatever. Bought the work and decided to set it on fire. So these paintings, a lot of them were destroyed, but um, a lot of them were not destroyed And so it's strange because Gacy's body of work becomes highly sought after. There's a whole instance of people that are just trying to get rich off of the artwork of uh, John Wayne Gacy which there's not like a lot so you would never be like a multi-millionaire but you could make a pretty penny selling Gacy's work we're not just considering Gacy many horrible human beings are put away in prison every day and there's not a lot to do so many of them make art this has led to the rise as something that's collectively known as murderabilia um, so these are items that have spawned this active and diverse market and people want to buy it because it's, you know, scandalous and, and yeah. uh, super fascinating. This, you, you're, you're looking at the creative output of not just murderers but like psychopaths who yeah, have exactly. systematically killed and, and like killed many so the idea that you could buy a work of art made by Charles Manson mm-hmm. or Dahmer or all these killers that are you know yeah. no one just gets sent straight to death row or I'm sorry straight to a lethal injection you're on death row for a long time what do you do while you're in death row a lot of these people are making art and so there's a whole market now that seeks after this stuff and this is much to the utter outrage of victims uh, victim rights advocates who are afraid that the profits of the sales are going back to the killers or just like incarcerated murderers themselves. And all of the cash from these sales is also going into the pockets of collectors so people who are created them like aren't making they're not getting off death row, basically. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, they're still going to be killed by lethal injection eventually. So, it's a strange time in ethical art market practices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah what, definitely. How do we treat the work of known killers? Why is the work of John Wayne Gacy less appropriate to mm-hmm. sell on the market? Than the work of someone like Caravaggio, mm-hmm. yep. who very famously murdered.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Fair. I think that kind of comes back to what we we're talking about. Like even just what I've realized, time is relative, baby. It, it is. This episode, as we're recording it, it's like. Everything you said about Caravaggio did not make me even the least bit uncomfortable. No. But then we moved to Natalie's story and mm-hmm. I was a little more uncomfortable. Yep. And then we moved to John McGacy yep. and I am deeply uncomfortable. Yeah, it feels like at the, the work. You're like, ah But it also it also <laughs> is relativity, it's closer to me. Yeah. It is closer yeah. to me in time and so I feel something different about yeah. it. You there's know?
2: there's something to say for that, but it's also like the detail and I don't know. There is something a little different about like Caravaggio was a painter and known to be a painter and then also had things on the side. Whereas so like John he was Wayne a Gacy. But like Whereas John Wayne Casey gives was a full time murderer. But like, <laughs> would his paintings have ever even been anything if he was? Do you get what I mean? Like his yeah. paintings are only looked at because he was a serial killer, exactly. and so that's yeah. why, to me, just personally, like not speaking for the larger picture, but personally, why I would feel more uncomfortable with something like that is to me, it's famous because the fact that he was a serial killer, right. and which and is that, so, and, like, and clowns, perverse. and clowns for whatever reason are a perverse, gross kind of of like yeah creepy symbol and so it's just compounded in a way that just makes me it makes me feel like I'm supposed to be scared of it or like you're not supposed to be scared of a Caravaggio painting and it's just that's that's what's a little different between those two but like I do do think that all of this is very much compounded by the proximity
0: totally and I think we have so much more of like a conception of what a psychopath is now and what a serial killer is now to where not that there weren't psychopaths and serial killers during the 17th century but like...
2: (sighs) We have no way of knowing. We have no way
0: of knowing, and I truly don't think it was at the the degree that it is because, in more contemporary yeah. society because we just have more extraneous factors
2: that can... Things that uh, would it, create well, something I, like a serial killer. I or also like a, think
1: it's, it's the idea that... So, like, it's been proven like in terms of progression of history we yeah. have gotten less violent over time mm-hmm. like just in a right. an objective way in we, a day-to-day survival yeah. context yeah. Like yeah. We, we have least. gotten less violent over time so yeah. I think the thing like with more contemporary ce- serial killers they're outliers they stand yes. out because yes. they're extremely violent yeah. and extremely like yeah there's something just very like perverse about it but like if you're looking in a historical context and you're looking back centuries it's a different space where like being violent on a day-to-day basis is more normalized yeah yeah whereas like yeah like someone who's killing now is doing something very different than someone totally. who is killing you have to be so systematic about yeah. it that it's
2: like if like yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and um, who, it doesn't mean that they have different impulses it like what you're saying is basically it could be the same impulse it's just the way mm. that people would be able to act on it then yeah. was more natural and the way people do it now is so controlled and like they have to be so Yeah, just systematic that it's, like, unnerving. Because
1: the idea is that we've progressed to a point where, like, that is not okay in any way. So it almost amplifies how bad it is. Right. Yeah. And the
2: way people have to go about it to achieve it is, like... Is yeah.
1: really fucked up and not not okay. <laughs> obviously, so it just yeah. yeah. I think it just amplifies our feelings, which yeah. is good. That's probably why we've gotten less violent over time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. because we have these reactions to these things. Like True. it's good that we feel this visceral reaction totally. to this. Right. You know. I mean, uh,
3: and there, but there's no there's no denying that Gacy was an outlier. Like Gacy wasn't acting upon some kind of Primordial desire to kill, like to defend oneself or whatever. I mean, when he was sentenced to death, uh, according to published reports, he uh, was a diagnosed psychopath and he did not express any remorse for his crimes. Uh, So his final statement to his lawyer was that killing him would not compensate for the loss of others and that the state was murdering him. His final spoken words were, kiss my ass. Wow. That's according to the Wikipedia article on John Wayne Gacy. was real fucked up. John Wayne. Gacy. I keep
0: saying John Wayne.
3: I'm sorry, John. <laughs> sorry, John Wayne. Not to be confused with the famous I don't think you Hollywood killed anyone. Conway.
0: You did play Genghis Khan, though, and that was fucked up, John Wayne. That was <laughs>
3: fucked up. Did you say Genghis? She yeah, did. that sounds... That's how it's said. Jengis. Uh, Jengis Khan, how- everyone. <laughs> okay, it's that's like how Genghis the British say
0: it. So, you know what? Kiss my R's. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Woo! You just really want to be British, don't you? Yeah,
0: I do. I want to be James Fox's wife.
1: You don't uh, have to be British to be a British <laughs> man's wife.
0: I'll be it. <laughs> Whatever he wants. No, I'm kidding. Independence. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, everybody. The life for yourself
0: and your own, ladies. <laughs> it's
1: okay, because as we've discussed, the theme of this episode is the art history babes are thirsty. Woo, <laughs> mm. <laughs> child. Okay, so that was John Wayne
3: Gacy. That was John Wayne Gacy. That's what I have on Gacy.
1: So I guess it's my turn. I'm kind of mad because, like, I have to go last, and I'm like, pretty drunk right now Corey <laughs> is inebriated uh, but not ah, in like a bad way in a really ah, good way okay. in a
3: cute way she's really cute when she's drunk babe. I love it
1: I really appreciate that oh we do need to take a break actually for um for for ads alright check out some of these Frick. ads so so this, this so here's uh, someone that makes do you your... like ads here you go bitch <laughs> <laughs> We are uh... We're back, <laughs> <laughs> bitch, <laughs> bitch, bitch. <gasps> oh, you're such a bitch. Okay, I have to talk about a murder now.
0: <laughs> tell us about your murder. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm gonna do my best. Okay, so I'm gonna tell you about Andrew Crispo Dude. and the Death Mask Murder oh. of Gil Vesti. Whoa, <laughs> whoa, who's I don't that? No, you just said. <laughs> I don't not, not even never merged. heard
3: those and, words in her life. And
1: I've already said this, but I'm just going to say it again. My natural disposition is just to laugh. And I laugh when I'm uncomfortable. So if I laugh at really not okay places to laugh, yeah. like I'm just covering my bases right now. Like, I, we know. We know. Like, it's fine. It's- no <laughs> one here
3: thinks that you think that murder is funny.
1: We should rename this episode. Murder's not yeah. funny. Yeah. <laughs> In parentheses, art.
2: (laughs) Do not laugh at this episode at all.
1: Murder is not funny. We'll still
2: get a thousand messages being like, fuck you guys, you think murder's funny.
1: (laughs) We explicitly said.
3: My
0: granddad was murdered in a mine.
3: (laughs) We explicitly said that murder was not funny. You
1: insensitive.
3: (laughs) No one is laughing. How dare you!
1: How dare you. All right. Here we go. Okay. So, little background on Andrew Crispo, who was a hotshot New York art dealer in the 70s and 80s, dealing art, had his gallery doing his thing.
0: The 80s in the art world was a fucking weird time.
2: The 80s in the world world. (laughs) True,
0: true. It was just such an opulent, luxurious period Mm -hmm. of just excess and everything. And
1: it was just like, it was okay to... It was okay to Do just... Do hella blow. It, yeah. It was just cocaine and let's get rich all yeah. the time. It, the 80s were crazy. Oh. But I was born of them. So. Cocaine was in for a long time. Right. But it was really big in the 80s. Like, Lots of coke. It was next level. As we know
2: it now. Before, it was just marketed differently. Mm. Right. In cough syrup. Yeah. <laughs> and like beverages. <laughs>
1: but anyways, so Andrew Crispo, hotshot New York art dealer in the 70s and 80s. He was also just a very openly kind of flamboyantly gay man and he was known for being part of the uh like SNM hardcore party scene in New York City nice Kind of, until it's really not.
0: <laughs> nice until it's very much not.
1: Oh, <laughs> man. Um, I don't like where this is going. Yeah. Right. So he's part of the scene, lots of drugs, lots of cocaine. Mm-hmm. So much so that he was known to go through as much as seven grams of coke in a single day.
3: Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: so know, much
1: coke. Honestly, Holy shit. I'm
0: surprised that his brain didn't come out one nostril (laughs) (laughs) yeah it probably did that is wild
1: i know and that was like yeah he was doing mad drugs mad coke wow we um and so his gallery kind of it became kind of an after-hour spot for basically like drugs and kinky sex in the gay community a lot of Mm, your handsome mm -hmm. gay men would would gather and sure. mm-hmm. have have times engage yeah. in activities yeah. there um All and right. it was a place um <laughs> and <laughs> it was a place where things happened things went down <laughs> And then, and then, on St. Patrick's Day of 1985, Wow. a group of young boys were hiking, which I feel like that's always how these that's st- stories... That's ominous. That is like a Stephen
0: <laughs> I King know. If I ever have a son or,
3: like, just any child ever, and they're like, I want to go hiking, I'm like, no, you're not 18 years of age, <laughs> and you're not allowed to go you are, hiking. You are still a boy. You're still technically a child, and that's when horrible, right? like shit it's happens always, to you apparently
1: literally always a group of young boys yeah. stumble across some crazy shit no and it's just like that's, that's just no that's just how this shit happens like i go hiking all the time i've never i've never stumbled across anything mysterious or a dead body or any type of ancient secret. weren't with a
0: bunch of teenage boys exactly
1: just like yeah. teenage boys
0: yeah
3: yeah when you get a conglomeration <laughs> Of teenage boys, you're gonna
1: find some secrets. It's Is, that a, word? Is that a get word? When you get a con- con- conglomeration. Con- conglomeration,
3: but
0: clothes. I, said, but I con- like
1: conglomeration better. In a weird way, I almost feel like it's like a life imitating art because, like, you think back to like Stand by Me. Oh, dude, yes. Right? See, stand. You it's, see, it's like if you are <laughs> if you are in a group of young kind of you're pu- gonna come upon some shit. Young pubescent boys, you're gonna. Fucking stumble on something. And there will
0: be horrendous bullies, <laughs> and there will be picturesque scenes, picturesque. But there's going, there's p- gonna be scenes of woods with young boys, <laughs> and
1: there might, there Finding might, and shit, there might be a dead body. Oh, there's God. gonna be. All I'm saying. So, so, it, so, what happened? And in this case, there was, oh. there was a dead body, and <laughs> this group of young boys were hiking, and they discovered the body of Ijil Dagvesti. Who was? What a name! I know he was a 26-year-old student. He was Norwegian, and he was a student at the Fashion Institute of Technology. So these boys were hiking, and they had kind of stumbled upon the property of one Bernard Legeros, and Bernard was an employee of our of our friend Andrew Crispo. Okay, mm. um, the fucking Crispo, the the hotshot New York art dealer. So Vestie was found. Basically, it was just it was mostly remains. His body had been burned, and then it—I mean, it was like skeletal remains at this point because it was months after the fact. It's
3: a dope metal band, by the way. Skeletal
2: remains. Look them up on Spotify wherever you get your music.
1: So it was a skeleton. Aside from the head, which had been preserved... By a leather bondage mask. Mm. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. The rest of the body was skeletal, but the, the head had been preserved.
3: Oh, wow. Do you think he was wearing the mask when he died? He was 100% yeah. wearing the oh. mask when he died. I well, know. Yeah,
1: someone put it on after. I'm just, you know. No, no. Just lived it on. I don't know. <laughs> Corey, come I mean, on. I don't know either, I guess. All like, kinds of things could happen. I- you're totally right. Like, who knows how people's minds <laughs> work after they kill someone? I, uh, I don't no. i have no idea Vestie's head was really the only thing intact it was covered in this black leather hood apparently what had kind of transpired what they they found out was that on on september <laughs> 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 On September, ten to the ten. <laughs>
3: That's the new... It's a thread, mother.
1: September on the first, of September on February twenty fifth,
0: nineteen eighty five. Um, Everyone's gonna be like, "Why is Jen laughing?" <laughs> what a hilarious date!
1: September, February. <laughs>
0: Oh Jesus. <laughs> Months are crazy. <laughs> oh, oh my god. god. <laughs> oh, he my said February. <laughs> <laughs> I need to tell a story. <laughs> tell us a story. I need to tell it. <laughs> tell us your story. Okay. <laughs> On September 20th, 1985, Wait, September, <laughs> February twenty fifth, nineteen eighty-five.
3: Basically September?
0: February. You did <do> it again. <laughs> February just say February twenty-fifth on February twenty-fifth! What's happening to us? Oh my god!
1: Let's just take another quick break. <laughs> <laughs> another advertising break.
0: Here are some ads, bitch. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay, we're back. We've collected ourselves <laughs> after that whole thing. Oh, um, boy. I hope you enjoyed a message from our sponsors that make the Art History Babes possible. Uh, yes. So, on February 25th, <laughs> 1985. Yes. Essentially, a night of drugs and some sadomasochism Whoa. Mm, turned yeah. really brutal and yeah. really fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to just read you a little passage. A book has actually been written about this, uh, like a whole book, if you want every gory detail. Mm. It's called Bag of Toys, Sex, Scandal, <laughs> and the Death Mask Murder by David France. If you could see Natalie's oh. face right now, Natalie is shaking her head harder My than bag I've
3: ever seen. of Toys.
2: Bag of toys. <laughs> Literally never wanted to read a book less in my whole life. Bag of toys.
1: Yeah. No, thanks. Yeah. But if, you, if this interests you and you want all the details, there's read a whole book about it. But here's a little, just a little passage. As the sun came up, Crispo emerged from the basement, dragging a handcuffed Vestie, <laughs> naked except for a black leather hood, a jockstrap, and a dog collar on the end of a leash. He's ready. He wants to die. Shoot him, Crispo said. Oh, my God. And Legeros did, pumping two bullets in the back of Vesty's head. Whoa. That is, that is, like, the ultimate fucking dark shit. It's so fucking dark. You go to a
3: dungeon expecting, okay, you know what? I'm going to just give you guys a (laughs) little peek into my personal life. Um I, and what to expect from a dungeon well you know <laughs> I've been to a few and um, you don't go in there expecting to get killed. No, of yeah. course not. You murdered. go in there thinking yeah. you're going to have some spankings and maybe well, you that's... might get like choked a little and bit. could like <coughs> imagine that maybe you
0: were like a medieval witch bitch queen. Yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah, yeah. you, you will come out deep into powerful your... and alive.
1: Yeah it's it's hot. Not it's, shot. it's not supposed, it's supposed to be fear filled at head. all. No. That's no a, fear. No that's fear. the thing about S&M in general. It's sp- you know it's a consensual, like. Consent. There has to be consent. And And we're like, and we're like.
3: Fearful. Like, it's consensual fear. Like, you're, you know. You have control. That's what you have control. That is the ideal. Like, you go into it. It's knowing control- that you're working within a constraint of, like, systems that are operating off of this idea of consent. Yeah, and consent.
2: like, yeah, a controlled fear. So, like, a fear that you know is only going to go yes, so far. controlled fear. Great. It's, you're not going to get hurt. It's exactly. With, yeah, it's within your control.
1: But obviously, these motherfuckers were evil. Were evil. Basically, so it was Crispo, this hotshot art dealer, and then Legeros, um, who worked for Crispo was the one who actually shot this man in the head. What kind of came to be throughout the investigation was that it was very <laughs> intentional. It was very kind of going back to our talk on serial killers. It was it was thought out and planned. Two of them, Crispo and Legeros, went out to Manhattan's Hellfire Club. And picked up Vesti legitimately because they wanted to kill someone. Like, it, oh, yeah. it was just, yeah. it was always the intention. It had been reported that Legeros was very troubled as a child and had a bit of an obsession with death. But then also that Crispo had this kind of like power over Legeris. Totally. Legeris was kind of his like henchman like, you know, that. Like
0: he took care of him. He like gave him stability, but he also totally took advantage of him in terms of having him do a lot of shit for him.
1: And then what gets really kind of interesting moving into the trial. So they found, as I said, they found Vesti on Legeris' properties. They pretty quickly start putting the pieces together, started investigating the SNM scene in New York and all of this. And then Legeros admitted to the murder. He admitted straight up to the murder. but somehow Crispo never even testified in this entire thing. He was never even brought to trial. And apparently Legero's testimony against Crispo was unusable purely because Crispo pled the fifth. Like he pled the fifth and therefore Legero's testimony against him didn't hold up in court in any way. So Crispo was like never brought to trial in any way, despite very much involved, you Mm -hmm. know, in the murder, even Mm -hmm. though he didn't pull the trigger, he was involved in this murder. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, this was a very high profile case, not only because it was like it kind of shook the art world, but it shook the gay community. It shook the S&M community. Yeah. It shook all these different communities that suddenly felt fearful and suddenly, you know, just were like worried, didn't feel safe. And it, it got a lot of coverage by the media. Legeros was found guilty and he is serving a 25 to life sentence at Riker's. Crispo, on the other hand, never faced, as I said, never faced a single charge in regards to this murder. However, he uh, ended up in jail over a smattering of other charges. (laughs) Tax evasion landed him five years. And then in 1999, he planned to abduct a lawyer's daughter over some money shit. And that's what like seven grams of coke a day is going to do do to you. Oh,
0: my God. Yikes.
3: I like. Quickly forgot about that number. He <laughs> I think just I got that number
0: me. right. Yeah, yeah, it was like yeah. six or seven. It was fans. a lot. It
1: was a lot.
0: Yeah. Much.
1: He planned to abduct this lawyer's daughter over something involving money and he was caught and sentenced to a max of twenty years. Uh, so he was a bitch, bitch. Bitch. <laughs> Ginny <laughs> <laughs> calling everyone bitch is gonna be like my twenty nineteen aesthetic. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just like super dark and dramatic and like gross and ugly and sad <laughs> like yeah
0: that's a very good like comp- <laughs> compilation of words yeah there's to no describe happy
1: it. ceramic t-shirt ending to that no story. there really no. isn't i mean it's i guess it's good they're both in jail like that's good you yeah. know but like it's just fucked up and i think it it affects i don't know it just affects so much it affects i'm sure how people think about artists how people think about the gay community how people think about the SM right. community it just right. like colors these things with this really horrific thing and it sucks it just sucks it
0: does it does in a weird way too like even though it's kind of unrelated but like i got into a sort of deep dive about like the whole party monster documentary and murder and that like i love that 1990s new york gay like club party scene yeah like the club kids exactly and how that got like super tainted with visions of like murder and gore yeah. well isn't that, that behind
3: into didn't that happen isn't that a real life story with like yeah. a james st james uh, so
0: James St. James didn't do the murder. This dude named Michael something did. Okay, His name he I was forget. Just I'm sorry. Implicated. Other podcasts do an episode on that. Like my favorite murder. Does Watch
3: Party Monster with, with Macaulay Culkin and Seth Green. Macaulay Culkin.
0: Oh my yeah, so God. unsung actor. Uh,
1: yeah you know when you're dealing with all these communities that are already Mm -hmm. somewhat marginalized Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it like fucking sucks because like these communities that already get like a bad rap or like people don't understand or people aren't willing to understand immediately they're gonna jump to oh this really fucked up thing happened even though really fucked up things happen in every community you know but this one happened to happen in a community that was like dramatic and high profile and like you know people already wanted to villainize these communities And unfortunately it happened
3: Like in such a way where
1: it Became easy to vilify Exactly and they and that's what That's 100% what happened Like Andrew Crispo and fucking What's his name Um, Lageros Lageros, Bernard Lageros Lageros. are pieces of shit and they like did something really fucked up and they were doing way too much coke and like it's just too much yeah like there's not like a good amount of coke (laughs) to do but like don't do that much Yeah,
2: (laughs) you know but that is definitely doing it wrong if
1: you're gonna do a lot of coke don't do that much (laughs) we have discussed a whole array of murders that have touched the art world in some capacity there's more you know But we don't want this to be a four-part episode, so (laughs) So we'll sign off. (laughs) We'll do a quick listener mail. Oh yes, I don't. We're not signing off yet. Okay, we'll just. This one comes to us from Claire from Sydney, Australia. Australia. Cool, cool. I am writing from the Blue Mountains, Australia, about an hour and a half drive from Sydney. I discovered you guys when searching for podcasts about color theory, all of which were shit except for yours. (laughs) oh
2: I love thanks, that girl. that's so
1: nice um I am a casual art appreciator but I absolutely love you guys and I've been devouring your podcast for the past two weeks I heard Corey mention Hannah Gatsby's Nanette on one Mm. of the podcasts if you guys are fans of Hannah's she also has done two short documentary series for Australian TV Hannah Gatsby's Naked Nudes about female representation (laughs) in art through the male gaze there's a crossover with some of the themes discussed in Nanette she just doesn't yell quite as much (laughs) and then Hannah Gatsby's Oz which is about the history of Australian art. There are a lot of guys in hats on horses. Sure, <laughs> but, but that, if you- <laughs> that
0: sounds absolutely right to me.
1: <laughs> but if you have an interest in Australian art, I would recommend it. Even if you don't, I would still recommend it because Hannah is a delight. I haven't had a lot of luck finding it on YouTube, but it's available on iTunes down here, so it may also be in the states. Keep up the good work, you guys are awesome. Love and baby koala kisses. <laughs> wow oh. that may be the sweetest sign off we've ever had. Oh, I love it. Also, all of that is great, and I want to check it all out immediately. Yeah, we love Hannah Guthrie.
2: Hannah's you.
1: amazing, and yeah, we love you. I'm so glad you love like c- Color Theory. And thank you for
3: writing. Um, when I think about the Color Theory episodes, I'm I'm almost like, oh god, I get a <laughs> little <laughs> bit worried. Like, six do and I seven. really want to go back and listen to that
1: episode? <laughs> <laughs> that was a long time ago. <laughs> But thank you so much for writing in and like the tips and just, yeah, the cutest sign off of all oh, of time. So much. So Word. good. We love it. So th- it's been a, we took you on an adventure tonight. <laughs> I hope you had fun. I hope yes. I hope you buckled many... up when I told you to. Yes.
0: <laughs> we crossed many a geographical plane as well as temporal planes. And astrological planes. All throughout plane. blood and death was ever present. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I love you right now.
0: That is all I can and should say. Uh, For
2: the evening.
1: (laughs) Halloween. How do you follow that up? Make sure to listen to all of our other Halloween episodes. We have (laughs) other good ones too. We do. We have Memento Mori. We have Haunted Paintings. Um, So check out all of our other (laughs) Halloween content. Thank Thank you you. for joining us. Thank you. I'm sorry I'm sleepy. (laughs) Thank
0: you. It's been a great. Adventure. It's been (laughs) so fun.
1: Good Good night, y'all. Have the best Halloween spooky times.
0: I didn't know that John Wayne liked clowns. This is new. Oh, yes. He loved clowns. John Wayne Gacy. You really got to throw that Gacy at there.
1: (laughs) And John Wayne Gacy are two different people. I'm sorry,
0: John Wayne, to your memory, to your family, (laughs) to your legacy.
1: Hello, all. Corey again. If you want to become a patron and help make the continued production of Art History Babes content possible, as well as become part of the Art History Babes special community, head over to patreon.com slash art (laughs) history babes. There's also a link in the show notes for you. Also, we're doing a giveaway in honor of the Patreon relaunch. You can be entered to win a goodie box, including a copy of our book, The Honest Art Dictionary, Art History Babe stickers, chocolate, a candle, these cute little art cards that Natalie has. Check our Patreon or our Instagram for pictures, but they're really fun. To be entered to win, become a patron! every dollar pledged is an entry. So for example, if you become a patron at the $3 level, $3 equals three entries. If you're already a patron, you just have to up your donation amount for entries. So if you are currently at, the $1 amount, up it to $5, and you get four entries in the giveaway. This giveaway will run all of October, and we will choose the winner on November 1st. Thanks again for listening and for your continued support. We're really excited to share all the new things we have in store with you. Bye!